Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on Unpacking It is Thane, Marcus Ringler. He's a former professional golfer turned writer, podcaster, and entrepreneur. After competing for over three years on different tours all over the U.S. and the world, he is now taking the professional athlete's mindset to everyday people in everyday life. Through the collaboration business he is building, Thane is coming alongside freelancers, business owners, and fellow entrepreneurs to help them be more efficient and effective in the work they are doing. He is also passionate about all things fitness, health, and wellness, and coffee, and he ultimately does everything for the purpose of bringing honor and glory to God. He is the author of the book, From Here to There, A Quarter-Life Perspective on the Path to Mastery, and he hosts the podcast called The Up and Comers. Thane, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Bryce. I, I really love, you know, writing a bio. It's 10 times better with your voice. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's great to, to share uh, all that you, you've done and, and all that you uh, in, intend to do moving forward. So we're excited to hear about the whole story and, and, and what God's doing in your life. And, and I want to start, though, on the golf side of things. You, you grew up playing golf, but at what point did you realize that you would have the ability to pursue playing golf professionally yeah no it's, it was a fun journey man I, I got started when i was really young probably three or four my dad got a club in my hands and so i i just love the game i love being outside i love competing and like most kids right you dream of playing at a high level and, and i think i was actually a pretty uh realistic or practical kid i didn't want to be too much of a dreamer and so my dad his dream was obviously always for me to play on the, the professionally and, and on the PGA tour. And so he would, you know, sprinkle in comments as I grew up about maybe one day you could, you know, play for a living and all these things. And, and me being kind of more of the realist, ultimately I didn't want my hopes to be let down. So I basically wasn't allowing myself to think about that as an option until really into college when I, when I saw the trajectory and I could see the growth um, steadily increasing and getting better over time and, and seeing it get closer and closer to being a reality. That's when I really first started allowing myself the affording myself the opportunity to actually think about it. So I wouldn't say until about halfway through college did it really start becoming a, a potential or a reality in my mind, even though I had known from an early age that I had been blessed with natural ability and talent and with the work ethic that God had given me. I also, I knew that that could be a powerful combination. And so then you, you graduate college and, and you make the decision to pursue professional golf. And for those that, that may not know what that entails, it, it's, it's a little bit different than, you know, the way we see college basketball or college football and, and guys, you know, pursuing the next level. Explain for, for, for the listeners what that looked like, especially for you specifically. Yeah, so I, I went a little bit 
um, non-traditional in the sense that I really wanted to do things right. And I really wanted to use my business degree and background to um, make it, in a sense, its own business or entrepreneurial type journey. So what a lot of guys will do is, the, the cool thing about professional golf is that anyone can be a professional golfer. Um, okay. So it's an open platform. There's no politics or bureaucracy around it. It's declaring professional status and entering into a professional tournament and playing as a professional makes you a professional. Now, a lot of people will do that because getting your amateur status back takes a, about a year plus of limbo where you can't play in either. And so it makes it um, a little bit harder. And it really makes it to where just people who are really serious about it, those are the ones who actually um, commit to it because you can actually play in better tournaments as an amateur. But but most guys, what they'll do is, obviously, it takes a lot of money and time to do it. And so what most guys will do is go to their country club and find a rich guy and kind of do a you know country club handshake of give me the money and I'll double your money if I'm successful, um, which is an easy way to do it. And, and also not a bad way because it's a neat way to kind of um, pitch your bets onto a player and, and try and support them through the dream. For me, I had my grandpa help me write a business plan my senior year of college that um, ultimately created more long-term relationships with the investors and sponsors um, and created a team, God bless me, with 10 to 11 investors uh, to start out where um, when I graduated college in May, I was able to just turn professional that next month with um, the, the sponsors that God blessed me with and embarked upon my professional career than most because a lot of guys will wait till the fall and I just wanted to keep the momentum going and just get dive right in and so that was the way I did it um, and then really professional golf for people who don't know is broken up into really three tiers PJ tours on top uh, followed by the web.com tour which is kind of the AAA baseball and then below that are all the developmental tours and so it was diving right into the developmental tour level and really trying to sink or swim is at the end of the day what what that reality looks like yeah, so so you you go after it, you, you chase your dream to to be a pro golfer, and what happened? Yeah, so it, it the average time it takes guys to get to the PGA Tour is seven to ten years. Um, I think uh, most people don't realize that the, the the ones you know about are the superstars, the one percent of the one percent, and the rest of the ninety five percent of people you see on TV took seven to 10 years to get there, which is a really important number because pursuing mastery in any field, I mean, Robert Greene wrote a book on mastery um, called Mastery, and it's he, he really highlights in there. And, and I think one of the things you'll see universally is that it takes seven to 10 years to really gain mastery in any field, what whether it be golf or business or different skill sets or performance. So that number is actually pretty universal. Um, and so for me, getting going, I knew it was going to be a long run. Um, even though there are outliers in that process, I knew that it would be a journey, a lot of failure early on, a lot of getting comfortable and, and finding my feet. But halfway through my career, about a year and a half, two years in, I ended up um, dealing with a muscle strain in my back. And mm. this was a golf specific injury that was a perfect storm of events that led to it. And, and ultimately it repeated five different times over a year and a half and really just killed all momentum. And it was a really frustrating season of life of not knowing what was, the outcome would be, whether or not I'd be able to play pain-free golf or um, even continue pursuing it as a career. And so many questions um, and so much 
searching and trying to solve the problem of the body. And so God really used that season, that second half of my career, to kind of shift some of my interests. Hmm. And the original business plan was for about three and a half years and then reevaluate. And so once I got to the end of that point, after dealing with the injury for a year and a half and reevaluation time, it really came down to a, a question. And the question that kind of became front and center was, who is God created, equipped, and called me to be um, as a person, as a human being? And, and through a season of seeking him and counsel and evaluating and, and meditating, and it just became clear that I could be more effective and fruitful outside of the world of golf than within it based wow. on just how he's wired me. And because of that kind of realization and, and direction, I decided to, to pivot and to, to dive into the current endeavors that I, I've got on my plate. Yeah. So, all right. So we want to hear all about the, the current endeavors, but during this season, how, how challenging was it to let go of the dream? Something that you, you, you played golf since you were four years old and, 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 and desiring this and to, to finally let go. What was that? What was that process truly like? Yeah, it's brutal, right? I mean, I think any, everybody <laughs> and anybody can relate to this. And, oh yeah. And really I think what's at the core of that is, um, identity. Uh, and I think it, ultimately when you do something for so long, we start associating our identity with that thing. And that's a dangerous process because our identity should never be found in what we do, but rather in who we are. Mm. And those are two drastically different things, but it's natural for us to start associating our identity with what we do. Like, Hey, I'm saying I'm a professional golfer. That's sort of how you identify yourself. But really at our core, we have to get back to who we are and who God says we are as human beings. And, and that's kind of the, the sticky area. And so for me also, it's that fear of failure. I think this is what plays off that identity is saying, look, if I played golf my whole life and pursued this career my whole life and it ends up being a failure, then I start associating my identity as a failure. Right. Mm. And that's also a lot of fear around that. And it's, and it's not true. It's ultimately a lie. Um, and so I think, this fear of failure, this irrational fear, the lie of that is this fear of dead ends and saying that if I go down this road and, and commit to it 100%, sell out to it, right, in a good way, be fully committed, and it ends up failing, like I, I hit a dead end with that road, that the irrational thought says that I have to go all the way back to the start line and begin again all over again, right? You have to start from scratch, and that's never true. That's the lie in it is that hmm. – you get to, instead of going back to the start line again, you get to take a few steps back, pick a new direction, a new trajectory, pivot, and start moving forward again with all of the experience you've gained up to that point. So I think that understanding, I mean, because I went through this, like this is some of the things that it taught me, and, and I think it's really empowering for others to hear that, that you don't have to start over again. You get to move forward with the experience you've gained, whether or not the path you're on leads to the success that you thought it would. Wow, that's that's great wisdom from Thane right here on unpacking it. And and so you mentioned how, you know, you really relied on the Lord and, and you know, you're seeking after him for direction and, and understanding who you were. Take me into the, the faith journey of really just growing in your faith to, to be able to even get to that point of, of understanding the, the, the need to trust him moving forward to the next phase of life. Man, the faith journey is life, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's how life can be defined. And, 
you know, I think it's, it's, interesting. it's very parallel in how God grows us in our faith, because ultimately we know that God shows the weak to shame the strong, the foolish to shame the wise, as he talks about in First Corinthians. And really, you know, it starts from a base operation, a, a base understanding of who we are and who God says we are, which human beings are two things. And this is a really important, I think, perspective for us to carry. It's one, we're all created in the image of God, meaning everyone has divine inherent worth that no one can take away. No one can change. It's given to you just by the fact that you're a human. Um, and then two, we're all sinners, meaning we all fall short. No one is better than the rest of us. We're all on an even playing field. And so if we can operate from that perspective, then we start seeing things as God, we start seeing ourselves and each other as God sees us. And then it's just about, okay, whose way is best, right? Is it my way or is it God's way? And, and at the end of the day, like we all think our way is best, but, it's, but God's the one who created us. And so he's the one who's going to know how we best operate, what's our most blessed path and what, um, what is best for our good and his glory. And it's just a trust thing. And that means we, we think that we know the best path, not God. And, and so really my faith journey has been um, one God, like opening my eyes to, to be able to see him and know him at a, at a younger age, um, just being raised in the church and with a family that loved God and, and Jesus. And, and so from that point on, it was really the faith journey is learning a lot from failure, you know, mm. learning a lot from sin and, and mistakes. And God lovingly, as my father, um, you know, um, disciplining me and bringing me back to him. And and so I, I'm so grateful for the ways that I failed and messed up, because those are the things that increase my love and my affection and my desire for God. And without them, I wouldn't I wouldn't have the faith that I have today. And I think it's true. If you look throughout the Bible, every hero of the faith has had an amazing failure or multiple failures. I mean, oh, yeah. David, who's a man after God's own heart, which I don't think there's anyone else in the Bible that God calls a man after his own heart. This guy, I mean, if we, we think about it, like, oh, this guy must have been amazing. Well, guess what? He ended up sleeping with a girl, getting her pregnant, and then killing her husband, and then marrying her and think, not even thinking twice about it. How can this guy be a man after God's own heart? But I think it highlights a really important part that God is way less concerned about the actions and way more concerned about the heart because out of the right heart for him flows the right actions, not the other way around. And so um, they go hand in hand, but he's concerned about the heart and he's the one who sees the heart. And you see David's repentance in his heart after that, and that flows the right action. So anyways, all that to say is, man, it's just a heart for God and loving him. And, and God does the rest. He really is the one who changes us through his word, through his spirit, and through life. Amen. He, he changes our heart, and, and that, through that process, then our behavior starts to change. And, and, and so you, you end your golf career. You, you have this, this passion for, for Jesus and, and a passion for, for other people. And so now you've written a book. You host a podcast. You, you speak. And, and so what led to this being kind of the, the, the next step as far as recognizing, okay, these are my skills, these are my, my passions that, that God has, has developed in me to, to now pursue at this stage of my, my life and career? Yeah, it's definitely a discovery journey. You know, it's, it's having an idea, having a sense of the calling, but not knowing what it looks like. And the way we know what it looks like is just by taking steps forward by faith, by walking by faith forward. 
it's always an active kind of role, but it's always, it's never going to be fully clear. That's what faith entails that what, that's what doing anything um, that's challenging entails ultimately. So um, for me, it was really, I had started writing the book in the second half of my career when I was uh, dealing with an injury recovery cycle. And I knew I wanted to see that through the original idea for the book was, to, to find a way to repay my investors and sponsors for the gift they had given me in this professional golf pursuit. Hmm. What I was, I was brainstorming of what I could do if I can't do it financially in repaying them, what, what could I give them? And that's where the book idea came from. And so um, from that idea came this um, process of three months of really like trying to figure it out and puke out the first draft. And it turned into a book about pursuing excellence and mastery in any field kind of pursuing individual mastery uh, from my quarter life perspective and based on the experiences of playing as a professional golfer. And what, what that led to is really just a deep dive into performance and development. Anytime you write a book, you really, um, you really, to, to do it justice, you have to take um, a real big deep dive into that subject matter so that you can gain clarity and create structure in your mind, but also on paper for people to gain um, benefit from. <laughs> and yeah. so through that work, through that year and a half of kind of working on that book and those frameworks and those models, it's really given me, it, it put all the lived experiences from playing golf my whole life and then playing professionally. It put those experiences into ideas and thoughts and now mental models and frameworks that I get to use not only in the book, but in speaking and, and also in the coaching I do. And so that whole process, unknowingly has fueled all the things that I'm doing today. And, and I think that's how God works. You know, we just have to be faithful with what's in front of us. And for me, that was seeing the book through well um, and making that happen. And that's turned into now really coming alongside others to bring out their best good for the world's greatest benefit. And, um, and it's honestly 10 times more fulfilling than playing golf because wow. it, as a golfer, my my whole career was focused on how can I optimize my performance, right? And it's very self-focused. It's very myopic. But now I get to have that same mindset and just have it be for the benefit of others. And I can tell you it's been about five times more fulfilling than I'm trying to do that for myself. And so I've been I've been really blessed by that. Wow. No, that that's really cool. And And so the book is called From Here to There, A Quarter Life Perspective on the Path to Mastery. And, and so how do you uh, explain or, or wrestle with the, the concept that we want to continue to, to grow and improve and pursue excellence in, in, in work, but, but also in, in who we are as, as people, while also surrendering, trusting, submitting to God to do the work in us? And so it, I know that I kind of, just struggle with this concept a little bit to, to really, you know, grasp it and, and to live out of that each day. Where, where do you come out on that? To, the, the, this balance between we want to, to improve individually, but ultimately it is for God's glory. It is for his purpose. It's for his plans. And, and there's a, a huge level of trust to allow him to really do the growing you really just hit on the greatest tension in all of life and in faith. And that is the tension between man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. <laughs> and, and God provides us with both those as true. 
And so we get to live in the middle of that tension and try and balance between the two, right? Like you were talking about. And, and it's interesting. The only way that that's possible is Jesus. Like Jesus is the only way for both of those to be true and possible at the same time. And so that's why we get to trust and rest in him. But I think each person falls on one side of the spectrum, right? One per, each person will naturally have a bent towards one side of the fence. Hmm. Some people are going to just default to more of just God's got it. I can just sit back and let him do it. And then some people will default to the fence of I need to work it out. I need to make this happen. Um, and God will bless that. Um, and so uh, both are needed and we need each other to balance ourselves out. I definitely fall on the man's responsibility side naturally. Um, I tend to be kind of a workaholic and, and drive really hard and push really hard forward. So um, the thing that I have to constantly work on is resting and trusting in God and and knowing that he's the one that brings the fruit in his timing, in his way, in his season, not me. I And I think that's why the simplest way to, to, to marry these things and just to describe it um, is to say, what is our job as as believers as christ followers as humans on this earth our job is one thing and that is to be faithful now being faithful looks different for you bryce it looks different for me and it looks like different for probably everyone listening here mm. but we all know in our hearts what that is and god knows what that is <laughs> and yeah. there's universal things to that but there's a lot of individual things to that too so it takes a self-awareness knowing yourself knowing your tendencies and knowing where you need to balance yourself out and i think the other Thing that's really helpful uh, models, mental models to kind of think about this. I, I believe everybody, every human, I just wrote a blog post on this actually, every human is two things. We're all in a process and we're all on a spectrum within that process, meaning we're all in a process at some point in our lives, like moving from A to B, moving from, from where we're at now to where we want to be in a process of growth, in a process of learning. We're all in some type of process, even right now. And in that process, on each step of that journey, there's a spectrum of reality that we could find ourselves in, right? That's the pendulum between two different polar truths. And so if we can recognize where we're at in the process of moving from here to there, and if we can recognize while we're in that process where we're at on the spectrum, uh, where we're at on the two sides of the fence, that pendulum, that'll help us better see the path forward, but also better walk the path forward by really understanding ourselves better. Mm, man, that's great. And uh, yeah, understanding our, our giftings as, as well and uh, to pursue those passionately based on, on what God's given us. So man, it's, it's, it's great insight. And, and again, uh, the book is called From Here to There. And, and so it's broken down into uh, three phases. Uh, and it, it starts with simplicity and and then it goes to complexity, and then back to simplicity. Um, and so, Thane, why don't you give us just a, a quick overview of, of how you landed on those three phases? Yeah, it's totally a God thing. I mean, I, I just kind of stumbled upon it, to be honest with you. It's, it's based off this phrase that I had heard a couple years ago that compared mastery to simplicity on the far side of complexity, and when I heard that, it really piqued my interest and caught my attention. And through just meditating or thinking on it and my subconscious kind of festering on it, it really turned into the framework for this book because if simplicity on the far side of complexity is what mastery is, then that gives us this 50,000-foot view of what development looks like, and that is that simplicity, complexity, simplicity. 
it's it's kind of to just to connect it to people so they can understand is that you know when you're learning any type of sport or skill say golf for example since i'm a golfer the simplicity that near side the first stage of simplicity is all about learning the very basics of the game right what is the point of the game what are the aspects of the game how do you get the ball off the tee how do you get it in the air what are the clubs do you know all those fundamentals and then once you start building that foundation then you start adding the layers and layers and layers of complexity the endless complexities within any game performance pursuit or business um and and the goal then the complexity phase is definitely the largest phase um and, but the goal is once you have waded through the majority of all of the complexities and you're starting you're starting to be able to pick the individual pieces the simple refined truth for the right moment at the right time in the right way that's what mastery entails and so it, it's a kind of a, a really cool mental model framework to think about how can we pursue individual mastery how can we reach that far side simplicity um, in whatever field we're pursuing and, it, and that transition the key that really unlocks the door for that is again like we talked about before self-awareness because you have to know how you operate how you're wired and how you can best produce your highest results and then use all of the different systems and, and universal principles that you've been taught by others and pick and choose the ones that best apply for you so that you can bring out your best um, so it's just a it's it was a fun process of really developing that framework and i think it can be helpful for people in, in evaluating um, where they're at and how they how they can reach towards their personal best. Gosh, it's awesome. Regardless of what stage you're at in your your career and life, this can be beneficial uh, and impactful for you. Uh, from here to there is the book, and and he's Thane Marcus. And and Thane, you you also host a podcast called The Up and Comers, and and your your mantra is uh, intention in the tension. So, so what does that mean exactly? What, what's your, your hope behind the, the podcast that, that listeners uh, experience when, when they listen? Yeah, man, it's been a really fun journey. We started about two and a half years ago just as a passion project, and I've just benefited so much from doing it. Um, I'm, I'm, it's just such a fun learning uh, arena and uh, getting to share stories and, 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 um, and conversations has just been a blessing. So I'd love for you guys to check it out. Um, but the, the mantra is something that developed, honestly, about a year and a half uh, into doing it. Um, it's one of those things that we found as kind of a truth that all of our conversations revolve around and really all of our experiences in life revolve around. And that is similar to what we were talking about earlier is that God has really infused the world with gray, with tension, right, between these two opposing realities that he says are both true and that we can experience, like man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. And and the goal is then is to live in that tension, because God's not saying to camp out on the right side of the fence or to camp out on the left. He's saying yes to both sides of the fence, mm. meet in the middle. Um, and that's a place of tension. And um, and so having intention in the tension is really embracing that tension embracing accepting both sides and saying how can i how can i strive for balance in the middle because we're always going to be on one side or the other and that intention means how can i start creeping back towards the other side that i need a little more help with and so that shows up in all areas of life too even outside of faith i mean if, it, if you look at like 
rest and exercise, right? So mm. exercise is so important, but it's only as important as, as how much rest you're getting because otherwise your body will start breaking down. So there's a tension there. It's not all rest. It's not all exercise. It's meeting in the middle. And so there's, there's so many ways this applies, but I think it's a really um, helpful mantra to just think about how we can, how we can best flourish in the middle of that tension. Thane, man, really appreciate you joining us here on Unpacking It and encourage everyone to check out ThaneMarcus.com. That's ThaneMarcus.com. And, and just appreciate your, your heart and insight and so cool to see how, how God has, has used you since your, your dream ended with, with golf, but, but he wasn't done with you yet. He was just preparing you and, and, and getting you all set for, uh, for what he's called you to do now. So, so stay after it, and uh, thanks for, for being an encouragement to, to all of us here today. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Really enjoyed it. And, yeah, so glad we got connected and excited uh, just to keep striving for the kingdom. So keep, keep up the good work, brother. Amen. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll catch up again. He's Thane Marcus joining us here on Unpacking It. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 